Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Outfield, pull up, ball to the five, touchdown, Tampa Bay. My Gubbins does it again. Fire the cannons, Bucks. It's first and goal. That's picked off. That's picked off. And who else? Rondé Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up with it. Hands in the Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire podcast live on YouTube today. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. And today, we are going to dive into some of the latest red and pewter topics regarding our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to cover everything from the quarterback to the defensive side of the ball and a former team captain who has made some headlines for a lot of negative reasons this week. We'll dive into all of that and more. But before we do any of that, we need to acknowledge some super chatters that we left hanging on our post-game show from Sunday, unfortunately. So, Evan, if you could do me the honors and uh, list those names and what they had uh, super chatted about. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, right, you know, thank you so much for the super chats. Uh, we completely missed them. Did not realize it until we had finished recording Pressed the end, and we were like, oh, we had Super Chat. So didn't even realize it. Thank you guys very much. Uh, first one was from Amazement717, 499 Super Chat, who said, who's the main reason for the offense finally humming the way it is? Baker, Godwin, Canales, O-Line, White, just listing off some possibilities. So um, obviously this is coming off the heels of a 34-point performance, a uh, performance where the Bucks offense was the best it's been all season long by a far margin i mean it's it hasn't quite looked like that at all um even in stretches i don't think it's looked quite that good uh this season and they really turned it on in green bay and uh amazing wants to know who you think that the main reason for the offense finally humming is i I think it's obviously a little bit of everybody but i'll tell you this it's no coincidence that the offense has seemingly gotten better every single week ever since they figured out how to get chris godwin back into the game obviously the monstrous day he had in green bay he showed that he still has the ability to take over the game if need be. I thought Green Bay did a decent job trying to slow down Mike Evans, even though they didn't keep him out of the end zone. He wasn't the Bucs' primary target. And when you've got an offense that allows the quarterback to not only have some faith in his run game, which has also been coming around these last couple of weeks, but have some faith in the playmakers that he is throwing the ball to. I mean, Chris Godwin, just a couple of weeks after they have actively tried to get him involved in the playbook, I don't think it's a coincidence that one, he has the monster day that he does in Green Bay, and two, Baker Mayfield plays his best game of the year at the quarterback position. So I want to say Dave Canales. I think Dave Canales probably has the most to do with where the offense has been and where it has trended over the last four or five weeks. I don't know if you've noticed, but every single week over the last four or five weeks, the Bucks' total points have just gone up. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the score that they walk away from, win, lose, or draw, uh, they, they are getting hot at the right time. And I think Dave Canales making adjustments throughout the year, but not getting away from certain things that he said he was going to be stubborn about, like the run game. You know, I, I think everything's just culminating at the right time. And, and retolling Chris Godwin, I think, allowed him to get as close as he possibly can be 
to where he hopes this offense can become the playoffs. I, I mean, the Bucks right now on pace for the postseason still have yet to close it out with the division race, but looking much better than they did three weeks ago. So I know it seems like a cop-out answer, but I, I want to say Dave Canales. I think he is the most responsible. Yeah, just looking at it, uh, the Buccaneers week 11 scored 14 points against the 49ers. Then week 12 scored 20 against the Colts. Week 13, 21 against the Panthers. Week 14, 29 against the Falcons. Week 15, 34 against the Packers. That's bad news for the Jaguars, I guess. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's, like you said, it's definitely been a combination of, of everything, I think, um, especially when the offense was as good as they were against Green Bay. And I think, like you said, it's no coincidence the Chris Godwin thing. I think it's no coincidence the run game and getting Rashad White involved in both the run and pass game. And not just not just getting Rashad White involved in the pass game as a check down option. Like they're actually having him like run routes. Like he's basically the third wide receiver right now. So I think that's important too. Another thing is protecting the football. Obviously Baker Mayfield, you know, they there's a little bit of a lull there, right? We talked about it where it was starting to become a little bit of a habit there with uh against Tennessee, against San Francisco, against Indy, against India, two turnovers, and then against Carolina, even though they won that game, had a turnover as well, four straight games with a turnover. Yes, they won that game against Carolina. No turnovers against the Falcons, though, which was huge. And then only one turnover against the Packers. So two turnovers in the last three games, that's fine. And that, I think, is a big deal. Uh, no games with multiple uh, turnovers for this offense. I believe the Buccaneers are actually 0-4 this season uh, when they turn the ball over more than once. So uh, that is a key there where the Buccaneers, if they're turning the ball over more than one time, they're probably losing the football game. So uh, I think that's been a huge key for this offense rolling as well. Yeah, retooling some things. We talk about the adjustments that Dave has made throughout the season uh, in how he uses some of these guys and he plays to their strengths. You talked about Rashad White being much more involved in the pass game. We've seen just how potent he has been. He's taken multiple uh, multiple passes, 25-plus yards to the house over these last couple of weeks here. And then the run concepts for him are getting better. You know, I, I think we talked about it with Mike Wall, former Packer, last week on the Game Preview Show, but he said it best the Bucs don't necessarily have a lot of body movers on that offensive line. So what have they been doing? They've been changing how they use some of these guys. We talked a couple of weeks ago about how they're pulling, you know, the right guard Cody Malk to send him after a middle linebacker down the field, getting a little bit of distance, just basically changing the way that they go about what they were already trying to do, but not getting away from what they were trying to do. If that makes sense. I know it was kind of a weird backwards ass way to explain it, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, they didn't want to get away from the run game, so to make it work better, they just retooled it, if you will. And I think a lot of that is paying dividends. You know, Chris Godwin had his biggest game of the season playing out of the slot. They weren't necessarily trying to do that with him a lot early on in the season, yeah. and I think that's where some of that concern came. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think just the patience has paid off, um, especially when it comes to the run game. And with Chris Godwin, you know, um, I mean, 10 catches for 155 yards. The only thing he didn't do was get in the end zone. But uh, like I said, even in the, I believe I said in the studs and duds video, which is on the campfire podcast, YouTube channel right now, if you're listening to this on audio, thank you so much for listening to this on audio. But if you want some more content, head over to the YouTube channel, check that out. But I think I said, basically like, 
I don't care if you're not scoring touchdowns if you're getting 10 catches and 150 yards receiving. Like, I, I really don't care if you don't get in the end zone. Um, unless the Bucks score zero points, of course, and they need you to get in the end zone. But that clearly wasn't an issue on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, I just think, like I said, the patience has paid off and the commitment to it has paid off. Now, I know, and it is frustrating, like, sometimes they're a little bit too committed to the run, I think. And that is kind of a concern going forward when you're talking about playing a the Jacksonville team or playing a New Orleans team uh, who I think like could be possibly like, I think New Orleans Jacksonville, I think is definitely better than, than Green Bay. Now we don't know about Trevor Lawrence's status yet, uh, but I think Jacksonville is better than Green Bay anyway. And New Orleans is it's close, uh, whether it's New Orleans or Green Bay, but um, against some of these better teams or even in the playoffs, you hope that, okay, you've had success running the ball, but let's say in the playoffs you don't have some success, let's say in the first quarter, don't keep trying to do it thinking, oh, well, you know, we broke through against Atlanta late, we broke through against Green Bay, it'll find its way eventually. That's not always the case. So that's one worry I, I do have, but, I mean, they've been running the ball great, and and you're going to stick with what's, what's working. So uh, thank you so much again, Amazement, for the 499 Super Chat. Really appreciate it. And we also had... Another 499 Super Chat. This one uh, from LDBC's Most Wanted. Uh, it says, 2021 draft class is looking good. Ray J should be rocking next Sunday against Jacksonville. Three-game winning streak, baby. Obviously, Jack, uh, next Sunday being Christmas Eve. We'll see about how many people are in attendance. It's always weird with the holidays. Um, it's all, all, always tough, I think, with the holidays. But um, he's talking about the 2021 draft class. And... I don't know. It's looking better. How about that? Um, I think he's acknowledging KJ Britt because the Bucks the Bucks 2021 draft class was Joe Trinchwinka in the first round, Kyle Trask in the second round, uh, third round was Robert Hainsey, fourth round was Jalen Darden, fifth round KJ Britt, seventh round was Chris Wilcox, and then uh, their other seventh round pick was Grant Stewart. Now Darden, Wilcox, and Stewart are no longer with the team. Joe Trinchowinka is looking like a bust, and Kyle Trask has never played a meaningful snap for the Buccaneers. Robert Hainsey has turned into a decent player, uh, but I think he's referring to KJ Britt. Uh, so, I mean, if you're referring to that, I don't know if I'd say looking good, uh, just looking a little bit better. Because KJ Britt, at least, I don't know if he's a long-term starter. Like, I don't know if you can be like, oh, KJ Britt's going to be this team's linebacker for the next five years. I don't know about that, but I think he's proven that he can be a solid depth piece. He might be able to be that first guy off your bench if you have an injury at middle linebacker. I think he's proven that much at least. So KJ Britt for the being in the fifth round, pick one seventy six, a pretty good pick. But uh, the rest of the twenty twenty one class, I think there's a lot that that Jason Light would like to have back there. Yeah, with the news on Devin White, we'll talk about KJ Britt and his role for the rest of the season later on in the show. But let's get into our main topic. Thank you again to all the people who super chat and support. So we're here today, as you can see by the title of this podcast, to talk about one man, well, technically two guys, but we're going to start the show by talking about one guy, and that is the quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Now, I want to preface this conversation because we're going to talk about it for a little while. Before we say anything at all, or at least before I say anything at all about Baker, because I know Evan might feel differently than I do about Baker and his situation this season, but I will tell you this, maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't, but I guarantee you the conversation surrounding Baker Mayfield as the future quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is a very different conversation 
if you are not potentially looking at uh, one of the best quarterback draft classes of what, maybe the last 10 years? Yeah, I, it's up there. It's up there for sure. I just um, I, did. You want me to go or you want you to? I mean, I, I'm interested to hear your take on it first. OK, so so let's get let's get the main argument out of the way. The million dollar question is, has Baker Mayfield through the first 14 games of the season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers still obviously in the midst of a playoff push? Has he so far proven to you that he can be a viable option at the future of the quarterback position for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I know it sounds like a cop-out to say it's too soon for me to tell personally, but one of the biggest things I have noticed with Baker this season, I mean, obviously we have to talk about the stats, right? Through 14 games so far this season, he has got 3,315 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 94.7 passer rating, which, by the way, is higher than a couple of quarterbacks, uh, guys like Josh Allen, guys like Pat Mahomes, guys like Jalen Hurts. The Bucks are 7-7. Seven and seven. Hot start, terrible slump in the middle of the season, and here they are fresh off of three wins in a row, two of those being division wins and their biggest win of the season in Lambeau with Baker playing his best game of the season. What was he facing on this team when he was signed? Well, it was a first-year offensive coordinator. I guess I would call Todd Bowles an unproven head coach. I mean, a little uh, bit of a question um, mark. I mean, a head coach that was prob- was entering 2023 with not a guarantee of being there in 2024, and he's still not guaranteed for 2024, but, like, looking a little bit better now, at least. Yeah. A quarterback competition, and I say competition with air quotes around it. We've talked about it before. It's a conversation for another day here on the show, but I don't think that competition was really a competition the way that we thought it was, or at least we were hoping it was. But ultimately, Baker wins that. He comes into this season, his first full off season in multiple years as a member of an NFL roster. So he gets the full experience as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer from the offseason activities through training camp, the preseason, the trials and tribulations of playing early in the year, getting used to that Florida heat in August and September and late into October and November and December and into January and February. It, this is my personal opinion. With Baker Mayfield, I, I, I really think the position the Bucks are in has he been consistent every single week? No, absolutely not. We have we have criticized Baker plenty this year on the podcast. Has he been a superstar every single week? No, he is not. And another thing that I have talked about before with Baker and one of the things that factors into my overall decision is can he step up and be the guy in the big moments when it is presented to him? I talk about the game-winning drives against Atlanta where he just could not finish the job. But against Houston, he did it. Defense, obviously, could not finish the game. He's done it within these last couple of weeks here with a game-winning drive. He did it against Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. I I really think that given what he walked into, given what the expectations were, especially the expectations for this Bucs team, let's not forget that like I predicted them to win seven games this year. You predicted them to win six, but the national media predicted them to win like one or two. Mm-hmm. I think Baker has played well enough to to earn a contract extension in Tampa Bay. Now, again, 
let me circle back to my initial point. I think this conversation and I think the pressure on Baker Mayfield is much different without this quarterback class looming the way to the way that it is. And with the Bucks being barely over mediocre for most of the year, a lot of people were hoping for a top 10 draft pick to take a swing on a potential future franchise guy because it could work out. Look at CJ Stroud with Houston. I mean, they, they're an eight and six team now. A lot mm-hmm. of different variables with that team, but regardless, quarterback play is a huge reason why they are eight and six. I I think Baker has proven to me he's the guy. And here is the reason that it put me over the edge because I was on the fence with Baker, and I still kind of am. There, there's still a lot left to be seen here in the final few weeks of the regular season. The Bucs are not out of the woods yet. He's got to continue to play well. But the biggest thing that I have noticed... He called the Bucks out like a month ago, and he said, mm-hmm. listen, it, nothing's going to change. Unless, unless everyone gives a shit enough for it to change, nothing is going to change. We are going to keep losing football games. Bucks have not lost since he said that. And I know we talk about how they played in those division games. I know they didn't look the best against Carolina. They didn't look the best against Atlanta, but they won. And division games are hard to win, especially when you've got a division as down and dirty as the NFC South is this year. It's a two-team race now for the postseason between New Orleans and the Bucs. I mean, that's the one hurdle they have left. You play Carolina again in this division. I'm not going to assume we can sweep them because the Falcons <laughs> couldn't do it. And I'd like to think that by this point, we're a little bit better than the Falcons. But really, the Saints are the big hurdle they have left. I think the way that this team has rallied around not only themselves, but Baker Mayfield... I like him a lot, dude. He, he's been a fun guy to root for since the beginning of the year. I like seeing him play well. Now, the next question to all the points that I just brought up, and I'm sure this is where you can address it a little bit more, people are going to ask, do you feel like you can win a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield? Because we talk about him playing above expectations this season. We talk about where the Bucks' offense is right now, how they're fighting for a playoff spot. But once you get to the playoffs... Do you feel confident enough for Baker Mayfield to play four straight games of, I mean, you got to be a top 10 NFL quarterback to win nowadays. That's just the way the league works. Let's face it. So that's ultimately the bigger question that a lot of people are going to counter with. But in my opinion, as far as forecasting, has Baker done enough to be the guy next season? Has he done enough to earn a long-term extension in Tampa Bay? Personally, I think it's going to be hard to turn him away after what he's done. I mean, through 14 games, he is one touchdown and one interception away from matching Tom Brady's stats last year. I'm not saying the offensive coordinator isn't a huge reason for that. I'm not saying the level of talent and also the health of this offense also has a lot to do with it. Have to acknowledge that, but I, I, I just, I feel like this guy has come in here since day one and basically done everything the Bucks have asked him to do this season. That's, that, yeah. that's where I stand on it. Okay. I mean, yeah, so obviously he's right now, yeah, 24 uh, touchdowns, eight picks, three uh, touchdowns away from tying his career high, obviously four from uh, passing it. Uh, he's about... 500 yards or so away uh, from tying his career high in passing yards as well. Um, 
Looks like there's a decent chance he could also uh, shatter his attempts record, so that matters too. Uh, he is, in terms of where he ranks among NFL quarterbacks, he's eighth in attempts in the NFL right now at 466, uh, 13th in passing yards with 300, with 300, 3,316, uh, tied for eighth with 24 passing touchdowns and tied for 16th with eight, uh, with eight interceptions. Uh, 74.0 uh, overall grade from PFF. And, I mean, look, like, he's been good. And just like you said, um, there's a lot of pressure. And this is – and I agree with you. This is different if it's a different quarterback class. If, let's say, it is just Kayla Williams and Drake May, right? And you basically – you get out, like, they're 7-7. Seven and seven. Like, they're picking – they're making the playoffs right now. Caleb Williams and Drake May is not happening, right? Like, I think it'd be easier to swallow. Like, okay, yeah, like, they'd have to be really bad. Like, even, like, before the season, like, there was a few that thought they could be in contention for those, right? There, there, there was a few. But, like, a lot of people that followed the team closely, like, figured, like, a lot would have to go wrong in that season for, for them to be in Caleb Williams or Drake May contention. Um, so, like, not a lot of people expected that. The tough thing about this draft class is, yes, you could get a Michael Penix Jr. available at 19th overall, uh, possibly a Bo Nix available at 19th overall. Jaden Daniels, probably not. Like, he's going to go at this point, he's going to have like an Anthony Richardson type rise uh, where like he's just, he's not going to be there. But, um, or like a, a JJ McCarthy uh, available at 19th overall. I think that's what has a lot of people um, sort of polarized on Baker. He's going to be 29 by week one next year. Here's the thing that that gets me, and like people think that <laughs> people think that I think Baker Mayfield sucks. It's not what I'm saying. That's never what I've said. I came on this very podcast and said that I think Baker Mayfield in March and February, though Baker Mayfield was the best option for the Buccaneers to sign. They were debating, oh, Jacoby Brissett, Baker Mayfield, Drew Locke, just roll Kyle Trask. I thought signing Baker Mayfield was the best option. I wanted them, actually, before Brady came back in 2022, I wanted them to trade for Baker Mayfield from the Browns. Like, I do not hate Baker Mayfield. But you also have to acknowledge what his ceiling is. And I think his ceiling's pretty limited. Now, there's some people that are going to say, oh, he has untapped potential. He's about to be 29 years old. This is his seventh season in the NFL. If you haven't untapped your potential yet, buddy, you ain't got it. Like, it's 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 not going to happen. Baker Mayfield's not going to turn in to some perennial all-pro quarterback and be just fantastic week in and week out for the Bucks. Now, do they need that? No, if the goal was to just make the playoffs. To me, when it comes to certain positions in the NFL, you can skate by, right? Running back, you can skate by. Tight end sometimes. Maybe like one or two positions on the offensive line. If you have some other strong pieces around them, you can skate by in some areas. But quarterback, you absolutely cannot. And to me, to win a Super Bowl, which, again, let's rem let me remind you guys, that is the goal of this whole thing, correct? Like that is the goal to win a Super Bowl. I, I just I'm I just need to be reminded of that. And I need to remind you guys, like the goal of pro football is to win a championship. Do you seriously believe that Baker Mayfield can win a Super Bowl? That's what 
I'm hung up on. So Baker Mayfield is a fantastic stopgap quarterback. He's a solid NFL quarterback. He's proven that this year. This was his last chance. We said that multiple times throughout the entire summer when there was nothing else to talk about. Training camp hadn't started yet. All we were talking about was Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trash. We're like, you know, Baker Mayfield, this is it for him, right? Like if he fails in Tampa, if he flames out and it doesn't go right, he's going to be out of the NFL, like, or else he's, or he's going to be like a 100% backup. Like he's not going to get another chance to be a starter. He's is a great stopgap quarterback and he's played better even than I imagined he would this year. I'm going to give him his flowers. Like, has there, has it been perfect? No, it's not going to be perfect with him. It's never going to be perfect. But to me, when the bar is to win a Super Bowl, I don't think he can win you a Super Bowl. Now, you say, well, you don't need a great quarterback to win a Super Bowl, right? Oh, you don't need that, Evan. Like, you don't need that. Here's the last 10 Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. The last 10. Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Nick Foles, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. Now, yes, Nick Foles' name's on there. Nick Foles threw for almost 400 yards in that Super Bowl and won Super Bowl MVP in that game. He carried the Eagles in that game, okay? The the Eagles defense let up 33 points. Nick Foles got 41 points. Nick Foles, yes, while he was, uh, you know, like Baker Mayfield has been a better quarterback than Nick Foles. Nick Foles absolutely balled out in that game and really that entire stretch, right? He balled out. Peyton Manning, okay. Peyton Manning, by that point, it was his final season in the NFL. His arm was pretty shot. That defense carried him. But I believe you know, I read this list off to Rhett before the show started. And he said, yeah, but still Peyton Manning. Like, that's still Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. You read that list. None of those guys, besides besides Foles, right, when you're talking about a career, none of those guys have had, like, Baker Mayfield has not had a better career than any of those guys. Not even close. So let me ask and that that's what that's what hangs me up. You look at that list. Obviously, Brady's on there a bunch. I know that the Patriots had a dynasty that he came to the Bucks and he won a Super Bowl. I know Mahomes is Mahomes. And I'm not expecting Baker Mayfield to be Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. That's not the point. The point is the type of quarterback play that you need out of your starting quarterback if you want to win a Super Bowl. I just don't think Baker Mayfield is ever going to come close to those guys. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won two Super Bowls. In the history of their franchise, one with Tom Brady, a free agent quarterback, the other one with Brad Johnson, a free agent quarterback. So with that being said, I guess I want to bring team building into the discussion here, because even with everything that we had just talked about with Baker Mayfield, regardless of what you think his ceiling is or not, I mean, based off of if we're just talking about this season, which again, I don't know if it's always a fair way to judge a quarterback to only look at one season that they've had. But if we're just looking at this season, the peak that we have seen from Baker Mayfield is that Packers game. 158.3 passer rating. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, every well, single yeah, week. yeah. Not. That's yeah. That that's honestly though, that's the peak for almost any NFL quarterback. Well, like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, stati- like it, yeah, it, like no s. Statistically, when you can't get much better, you you can't get much better. But with all of that being said, let me ask you: You still don't see Baker Mayfield? With the talent that we know is already in Tampa Bay, you don't see Baker Mayfield even being a guy that can continue to win games, make the postseason, 
if the Bucs were to build talent around him. I, I mean, I hate to say that that's what, you know, Detroit did with Jared Goff, and it's hard to make that argument because Jared Goff is one of the best QPs in the NFL this year, which is crazy, kind of crazy. But they found a way to unlock his full potential. The argument with Baker Mayfield is going to be, well, there's never been a coaching staff to unlock his full potential. Maybe you look at what they did in Cleveland when they went to the postseason, and for some reason the Browns felt like they needed to railroad him after being the first quarterback to take them to the promised land in like 20 years. I don't know why they did that, but it was pretty on brand. Ever since then, I mean, he's kind of been royally effed out of every quarterback job that he's had, and here he is in Tampa Bay with his first, going to be his first full starting season under his belt in over two years, and he's playing above expectations. Like, like does that not deserve at least another year to see if you can build off of what we've already seen this season? Because I think it does. Especially, especially with a franchise that lacks consistency. But again, just like you said, though, complicates things with that the quarterback class, right? That's what complicates things. If it was Caleb Williams and Drake May, and that was it, right? There was nobody else. Then you could say, all right, like, whatever, fine. But I don't think Bucks fans, and here's the thing. You mentioned, okay, Brad Johnson, Tom Brady. People bring up to me a lot of the time, too. Oh, Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. I mean, that was, that was, was, that that was 20 two, years ago. Yes, Come that on, was man. two decades like, ago. The NFL landscape back in 2002, the Bucks won a Super Bowl with their defense. Like, yeah, let, let's not like, let's not get that twisted you, you either. Could, you could win a Super Bowl, like, just with your defense. Like, Trent Dilfer won a freaking Super Bowl. Like, come on, man. Like, seriously, like, don't bring up Brad Johnson to me. Um, so, people ask about, oh, well, you know, Baker Mayfield won that playoff game, right? The Steelers had five turnovers in that game, including a fumble what was recovered for a touchdown on the very first play of the game. Like... I don't I don't understand what, what people and I, look and Baker Mayfield played well in that game like he, he did he played well he protected the football in that game but the Browns defense forced five turnovers like so you ask oh can Baker Mayfield with a better roster right can he go and win some games and what yeah do can I do I think he can win a Super Bowl no. That's the thing. I just I don't think he can win a Super Bowl. That's the end goal here, isn't it? Like that's that's my thing. Can he win you games? Yes, he can. Like he he's proven that 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 you know that 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 he can win, you know, that he can win you games. But at the end of the day, I just don't think he can win you a Super Bowl. And but that's okay. Like I because Baker Mayfield wasn't signed to this five year deal worth thirty million dollars a year and doing this. Like he wasn't drafted number one overall by the Buccaneers. You know, it wasn't okay for the Browns that he couldn't win them a Super Bowl. They spent number one overall pick on him. That wasn't okay. But like for the Bucks giving him a one year deal for four million dollars, it's okay that he's not gonna win the Super Bowl. Like my thing is I don't understand why people are looking at this and think it's like crazy to just acknowledge that Baker Mayfield is a decent quarterback, but he's not a great one. Like he's and he's never been a great one. He's been a good quarterback at times in the NFL, but he's never been a great one. So that's my thing, okay? Um Baker Mayfield in that playoff game was 21 of 34, 263 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, you know, really good game. But again, the Steelers had five turnovers. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's going to help. 
when when the Steelers have when the opposing team uh, has five turnovers. So, um, like I said, he's played well. He played fantastic against Green Bay. The Bucks are probably going to make the playoffs in part due to him, right? Due to him playing as well as he did in Green Bay and then making two critical throws down the stretch in Atlanta. Because if those two things don't happen, the Bucks are sitting here at five and nine and their season's over. Like it's done. We're talking about them firing Todd Bowles and moving on for Baker Mayfield and drafting a Jaden Daniels or whoever they're going to draft with the seventh overall pick. Right, credit where credit is due. He played terrible in that Atlanta game. I think he played. I think honestly, the Atlanta game might have been one of his worst games of the year. But he made up for it in the final two minutes. Yeah, and people end up comparing him and saying, "Oh, well, Josh Allen struggled at times this year. Patrick Mahomes, look at he. You know, the Chiefs offense. Look at Jalen Hurts. You know, there's one thing that all three of those guys have that Baker Mayfield doesn't: the accolades." Patrick Mahomes won two Super Bowls. Jalen Hurts went to a Super Bowl. Josh Allen went to an AFC title game. Baker Mayfield doesn't have the accolades or have enough accolades to earn the benefit of the doubt when he struggles. He's on his fourth NFL team in his seventh season. Like, he doesn't earn the benefit of the doubt when he struggles versus if Patrick Mahomes struggling. Yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to figure it out. Like, the, the, that's Patrick Mahomes, the like best quarterback in the NFL. Baker Mayfield does not earn that benefit of the doubt because of his past body of work. Yeah, and, you know, let's be honest here. I, I would say this season, the inconsistency is a huge reason why this conversation is not open and shut. I mean, for a lot of people, it's easy to dismiss Baker Mayfield, but here I am, ready to die on this hill, just trying to make all the arguments I there's, can. There, I there, said... There's, I said there, I said at the beginning of this podcast, it is too soon for me to tell if he's the guy because of how inconsistent he has been. I think that game against Green Bay is going to be the outlier. At the end of the year, it's going to be the best game he had all season. That's the best game of his career. So Right. Like the He hasn't done that even in, in his career. The inconsistency, and on top of that, the way that the Bucks' offense has looked against stiffer competition this year is one of the, 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 the two biggest reasons I'm not ready to say, like, yes, he's the guy. Do I think he's played well enough to earn at least another one or maybe two-year contract? I think a one-year contract would be wiser with where the Bucks are in the draft. I think he has earned that. But when you start to look ahead and you try to answer the question, can you win a Super Bowl with this guy? I don't know yet. And he's been so inconsistent this year that with the few games the Bucks have, he still could crap the bed. Mm-hmm. He still could go out there and play bad enough for a majority of the people who have changed their tune to just go look the other way. I mean, NFL fans, Bucks fans especially, are fickle. Okay, that's just how it is. It's a what have you done for me recently kind of league. And the Bucks have won three games in a row. Baker just played his best game of his career in Lambeau, became the second quarterback in NFL history to record a perfect passer rating. The only other one to do that is Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field. So he was the first visiting quarterback to do it ever. That's a big-time win for the Bucs. You know, whenever you got the Packers on the schedule, I feel like that's a, a game that you have circled just because of, you know, the history between these two franchises, that that, that whole conversation that can be had. So I, I, I will say... There's a lot to like, and there's a lot of lot of question marks left. There's a lot of inconsistencies, and, and that's why this conversation, I feel like we're going to be having this conversation until the end of time with, you know, untapped potential. Is it this? Is it that? 
you, you bring up a lot of great points. And, and one of them also being that he's going to be 29 at the start of next season. So even if he does end up working out for Tampa Bay, what is his window to perform the best he possibly can? I, I mean, realistically, five years? With his play style, you know, I, I can't see Baker Mayfield in the NFL still balling yeah, out at 36. Yeah, he, he's pretty 30. rough on his body. Yeah, I mean, like I, I can't see him at 35, 36, 37 out there no. getting after it. Yeah, I, I can see Joe Flacco doing it in Cleveland, but he's not Baker Mayfield. He doesn't play like Baker Mayfield, and Baker has even proven this season that he will put his body on the line. He's done it mm-hmm. several times. He's almost knocked himself out of games doing it. So again, like the inconsistency is is really the big holdup for me here. Yeah, and um, you know, uh, I believe it's is it Jose Ortiz in the chats? Is I think it's Jose. I think it's Jose with the U. Jose, okay, okay. Um, uh, draft picks are not a guarantee of results, and you're right. You're a hundred percent right. There is no guarantee that. Jaden Daniels or Kayla Williams or Drake May or Michael Penix or Bo Nix or JJ McCarthy, any of those guys. There is there is no way of knowing, right? There's a real shot that they are busts for sure. It's not guaranteed. But that ceiling is so much higher. The ceiling with a guy like Michael Penix or Jaden Daniels or Bo Nix, wouldn't you rather take it? Wouldn't you rather take a chance, right? And I also think like the discussion around Mayfield and with how good he's been playing, I think the discussion that people uh, the or the part of the discussion that people ignore is like, okay, with he's with him playing so good. Look, teams need quarterbacks everywhere, right? Like all these teams need quarterbacks. Is there a chance he goes to the market and some team just like here's twenty five million dollars a year? Yes. For three years. Yeah. You know, and like, are the Bucks going to max at? Yeah, I wouldn't like I, you can't give this guy that that much money. Now, Spot Rack has a market value at sixteen point five million dollars. It's a they have it at a two year deal, um, sixteen point five mil a year. That's probably fine. I think that's fair. I, I wouldn't want to go much more over that. Um but I mean, and, and I do think that um, the the um, you know the a one year deal is probably ideal, but it is what it is. Uh, so I just to me, um, when you're looking at it, Baker Mayfield versus a rookie, like, and you bring up, oh, they're not guaranteed. You are right; they're not guaranteed. But I'd rather take that chance on that dude becoming a star because I know Baker Mayfield's not. Like, I know what Baker Mayfield is. So, if I'm trying to win a Super Bowl, why would I stop trying to find the guy who I think could take me there if I don't think it's Baker Mayfield? And it's the same way, like the Bucks front office right now, Jason Light. If you sit there and you don't believe Todd Bowles can hoist a Lombardi Trophy for you, fire him a day after the season. If you don't think Baker Mayfield can be up there with Todd Bowles hoisting a Lombardi Trophy for you, do not resign him. So, like that's that's where I am because it's so important these two decisions, right? Head coach, quarterback. It's so important. And the Buccaneers have failed at both of them for so many years. And there's been so many misses. And that's why they're one of the losingest franchises in not the, just the NFL, all of sports, right? Because they have not gotten the head coach and quarterback combination right. 
it's you're risking if you keep both Bowles and Mayfield another year. Now, I do think I personally think Mayfield has done more to earn a spot in 2024 than Todd Bowles has. Um, I think Todd yeah. Bowles, even if the Buccaneers make the playoffs, I think Todd Bowles should still be on the hot seat. And I do think like Baker Mayfield has shown you enough to earn like, okay, a discussion about him being back in 2024. Even though I acknowledge Todd Bowles may certainly be back in 2024, I don't know exactly how much he deserves to be. But with the quarterback position, you need a guy. And today, and people look at, oh, Brock Purdy, right? Okay, yeah, Brock Purdy's weapons are great, and they get a ton of yak. But Brock Purdy also, like, he's shown some talent. Like, he, he really has. When you take away, and, and this is, I'm glad you brought up Brock Purdy because I was going to do it here in a minute. We talk about how San Francisco was built, and we've said it before. We said it last year before they found out what they had in Brock Purdy. You could put just about any quarterback in that system, and they would probably play well. I mean, maybe not Trey Lance. But you could put any competent quarterback into that system, and they would play well. You... I mean, what 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 is what is the argument going to be if Brock Purdy gets it done with San Francisco this year? Because Brock Purdy might win the MVP. <sighs> Brock Purdy might win the Super Bowl. Right. Brock and Purdy's been wins, to an NFC Championship game. Brock Purdy went undefeated in his first like eleven games as a starter. We saw. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, Tom Brady saw, was a six-round But we pick. saw what Brock Purdy could do without those weapons, and he couldn't do shit. How do you know? Because we saw it. What, what, we, what saw game? it. we saw it this season when people were injured. He was it was without Debo Samuel. He was without Christian McCaffrey. But what I'm you don't understand the point I'm trying to make. Like, I'm not expecting look, and, and people think like, oh, you think Baker Mayfield needs to be perfect every game. No. I understand that quarterbacks go through lulls, right? I understand Brady wasn't perfect every game. I understand Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, whatever, right? But Brock Purdy, yeah, sure, his weapons are great, right? But the accolades are there, like I, I'm, like they they just are, okay. Um, and the thing is, you know, Ryan Mitchell in the chat says Baker is a star. He has damn near better stats than Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar. So you're telling me that Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson? Because here's the, I think too many. Too many Bucks fans are are clinging on to this year, and I think they sort of forget the body of work that Baker Mayfield has put out in his whole career. Why is Baker Mayfield with the Bucks? Why did Baker Mayfield sign a one year, four million dollar deal with the Bucks? Because nobody else wanted him. Like it's the truth. Like n nobody else wanted to sign him for anything more than a one-year deal with $4 million loaded with incentives. It's just the truth. I, I mean, it's just look like he has been good this year, but to me, 2023 cannot erase the rest of his career. It can't like Patrick Mahomes, like Tom Brady was, was eh, last year. Does that erase a 23-year career? No, of course not. That's blasphemy if you say that. So why is it all of a sudden with Baker Mayfield? Oh, this is what he is. How do you know? When history has shown that it's really not. So 
Can he be a good quarterback? Yes. Can he be a great one? That's what I don't think so. And, and and that's my whole point. People think that what I'm when I'm up here saying all they hear is me saying Baker Mayfield's terrible. They need to cut him right now. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I don't think he's good enough to get to where you need to be, which is a Super Bowl championship. That's my whole point. And until the Buccaneers find that guy, you should keep searching. The Bucs determined that they didn't have that guy in Jameis Winston. They went and found Tom Brady. You know, they they determined they didn't have that guy with Mike Glennon, so they used the number one overall pick on Jameis Winston. You know, they didn't have that guy, so they drafted Josh Freeman. Like, you should keep searching for that guy until you find him. And I'm not sure the Buccaneers have found it yet. Baker Mayfield still with a little bit of time here in the 2023 season, not only to prove to more people that he could potentially be the next franchise quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but to prove to other teams that he's going to be worth investing in because depending on where the Bucs are, depending on uh, Todd Bowles and his job status, you know, if the Bucs go to the playoffs and they're one and done and they look like garbage in the wild card round against Philly because if the season ended today, that's who they would play. If they get absolutely stomped on by Philadelphia in the first round of the playoffs, just like they did against Dallas last season, then realistically, you're 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 taking a lot of steps back here. Obviously, you move and, on, and and and, and, I, and, and we, you we, know what that proves? That's the ceiling of the team. Correct. That's what that proves. Correct. I have to assume if they get absolutely stomped in the first round, you're going to feel much better about moving on from Baker Mayfield, depending on what that loss looks like. The offense probably doesn't put up very many points. So it is what it is. But I think for Baker, the time he has left this season, not only is his status here next year contingent on Todd Bowles as head coach, but it's contingent on what he does in these final few weeks here. If, I mean, really, I would say that the overall taste in my mouth regarding his perfect performance against the Green Bay Packers, which we still had some some stuff to criticize him about. I mean, you know, that fumble happens because holding on to the ball too long has been an issue this season. The tape and, and his the, entire career. Like the tape will tell you that the issues he has had his entire career will continue to plague him. A regular issue he's had this year is balls getting batted down at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. hanging on to the football too long. It, 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 it's always going to be there. It's just something you have to try and overcome. Correct. And he's been able to overcome it. I mean, we saw him overcome it against Green Bay. But for that game to feel less like a fluke, I need him to not play like trash against Jacksonville. I, I mean, who is the toughest team they have left? Probably Jacksonville, right? As far as ranking mm-hmm. the defenses? Probably, yeah. I mean, schematically, even though like the Bucks have beaten New Orleans three straight times, New Orleans' defense is still giving them some trouble. But like the last time these two teams played, it was a long time ago, like October first. But the Bucks played decent. But uh, I would say, t- as far as talent wise, honestly, their best defense might be the Panthers. But just saying, I mean, yikes the 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 Bucks weren't. Didn't look great against the Panthers um, in in that game. And, like, the Panthers' defense, I mean, they just held the Falcons to seven. Like, I know it's the Falcons, but, like, the Bucs gave up 25 to them. Like, 25 to the Falcons there. Like, the Panthers' defense isn't half bad. Like, if they had an average offense, they probably have two or three more wins than they do right now. So let's put a bow on the Baker conversation. You know, my, my final piece about it is, like, listen, he's still got a couple of games to prove to me. That I should that I should buy in. I have not bought in all the way. 
I can see the reasons people like it. I can see the reasons people don't like it. If you ask me right now if Baker Mayfield can win you a Super Bowl, I agree with Evan. I, I think the answer is no. And I think that track record that he has, and I think a lot of the issues that we see prevent him from being a great quarterback in the NFL. He's a good quarterback. He's been awesome this year. He's, he, he's been he's been just what they needed. Like, exactly. Just what they needed. But just like you said, in the grand scheme of things, we're here to win. The Bucs are here to win a Super Bowl. And I, I don't know if once the postseason comes around, Baker Mayfield can potentially be a guy to carry your offense for four straight games. Now, the argument's also going to be, well, Tom Brady threw three interceptions in the NFC Championship game. The defense carried him in that one, and the defense may have carried him in the Super Bowl against Kansas City as well. It's Tom Brady. (laughs) There's a difference. Like, there's a difference. I mean, Tom Brady didn't have any turnovers in that Super Bowl, by the way. Like, no, he didn't. He didn't. So, like, he protected the football. Like, it's Tom Brady. Like, come on, man. Like, and also, like, that Bucks team was stacked. Like, so what? Like, and I've heard a lot of people, well, he needs to be surrounded with stuff. So you just need to stack the roster with pro bowlers all over the place, except quarterback, and it'll be okay. Like, that's not realistic. Like, that's not, like, you can't build a team that way. You need a quarterback to elevate the rest of your roster. Right, elevate. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl with Chris Hogan as like his wide receiver too. Like, come on, you know, like you need your quarterback to elevate. Obviously, the defense, you know, the quarterback can only do so much there. But like the offensive pieces on your team, like you need them to. You know, he needs to be an elevator, right? And he needs to be a guy who gets the best out of everybody. And Baker Mayfield has been really good for that locker room this year, right? And he's, like I said, he's been exactly what the Bucks have needed. And honestly, if they signed him to another one-year deal, that'd be fine with me, right? I just think he's going to go to the market, and I think he's going to be looking for a longer-term deal at a decently high annual, like, average. And I just don't really – it just it, it scares me because – if he comes back down to earth, you're talking about a contract that you are just completely stuck with. Even if you draft the rookie quarterback then, right? Let's say you keep Baker Mayfield and he comes back down to earth and this and that and 2024 happens and they're not very good to get a top 10 pick, they draft a quarterback. Okay, you're wasting valuable cap space on a backup quarterback then. And that's scary. So um, that's that's my whole point. Let's talk about the second half of our discussion here on the show today. Baker Mayfield has taken up a lot of real estate. We're almost an hour into this thing, so we will wrap up. With we, uh, by the way, we were planning to talk about Baker for the first 15 minutes. So. <laughs> yeah, it was only going to be a 15, 20-minute conversation, but it's a good thing we devoted an entire episode because I knew that that's what this was going to turn into. I mean, until the regular season is over, until the postseason is over. for it, it, It's going to be Tampa until Bay. they decide to re-sign him. That's Cor- what's going to be. Correct, and I, and I will tell you this. My personal opinion, you talked about Baker being exactly what the Bucs have needed this year. As far as expectations, what I expected out of him, what I have seen out of him, he is seemingly checking a lot of the boxes, which is why I can understand why people want to buy in. But the one thing that I have yet to see 
and I need to see it before I can believe in this guy 110%. Realistically, I, I, I need to see him like overcome another team. It, I need to see him overcome a better team. Like, I, I need to see him put the team on his back, continue to go out there and play, and the Bucks play up to their competition. I have not mm-hmm. seen that this season. We've talked about it time and time again. The Detroit game, the Philadelphia game, even some of the games that they have won, but, you know, kind of like you didn't feel great about. That, that win against Green Bay was great. But to mm-hmm. prevent that from becoming an outlier, just like the Houston game will be for the defense... You, you've got to beat, I, I mean, you've got to beat, I, honestly, you got to beat Jacksonville this week. That's my opinion. You look at the regular mm. season, there's nobody left on the schedule that really would, would make me super stoked. You know, I want them to beat Carolina so they can, I want them to beat Carolina and New Orleans so they can get the division and make the postseason. But hell, I, I mean, could you imagine what a wild card victory would do for for a lot of people, for for Baker Mayfield? Like, if the Bucks went in the wild card round and they beat the Eagles and Baker Mayfield played well, then I can hitch my wagon to that. But I just have not seen them play well against any contender teams this season enough for me to 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 be ready to buy in. And that's where I'm at. That's where I was at at the beginning of this conversation. I said it a while ago. Like I'm still undecided on on Baker. There's a couple of things holding me back from going in all the way. But I like him. I like rooting for him. And it's been a lot of fun watching him this year. Your final thoughts before we talk about Devin White. Yeah, uh, you know, Tom, Tom Bucks fan says we beat Minnesota with Cousins and a healthy Jefferson. That's true. They allowed a ton of yards, though. Um, the Vikings had three first-half turnovers. All those turnovers were in the red zone, and the Bucks only won by three. It took a Chase McLaughlin 57-yard field goal for the Bucks to win by three. So a lot had to go right in that game, and that was a lot of their wins. Right, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot, a, a lot of their wins were. A lot of things had to go right for them to win, and at the beginning, you're like, yeah, they won, but you know, um, you know, and then oh, you know, J- Jason, Jason says Daniel Jones makes forty mil, and you won't do it at twenty five, uh, QB. This, this is hilarious. Uh, the Giants should not have given Daniel Jones forty million dollars. How? Like, why is that? You act like I'm saying that Daniel Jones' contract is good. His contract's terrible. I wouldn't have given him it. He's, I wouldn't have like, paid him. Worse I wouldn't, than Mayfield. I wouldn't like, have paid him 25 million. Like, yeah, I, I, I even wouldn't have paid news, him. 10. Even when that news <laughs> broke, people were clowning the Giants. I don't think there's yeah. been a single person in the history no. of of football who has said that that has been a good deal for New York. And that's that's not really the point. No, yeah, yeah. That that's not that's not the point at all. Um, but yeah, just he's good. It's just there's a limit to how good he can be, and that's that's okay. And like I just I don't understand why people just are freaking out over it. And we'll get our answers soon enough on what the Bucks think too. If the Bucks sign him to a three or four year deal, all right, you know, then this is clearly their guy. If they sign him to a one year deal or a two year deal with like a team option or something, then you could maybe see quarterback in the first round on the table. Maybe then it's like, oh yeah, they're not really they want to see a little bit more from Baker. I do think who the head coach is still has a lot to do with it. I don't think Todd Bowles is out of the woods yet. Um yes, the win in Atlanta was impressive. Um yes, uh the win in Green Bay was very impressive, but Fact of the matter is, it, it's 
Just like you said earlier, the NFL is a what have you done for me lately league, and if what the Bucks have done for the Glazers lately is get demolished by Philly in the playoffs, you know, for another year, I, I don't know if the Glazer family is going to see much of a future with Todd Bowles. But we'll have to wait and see on that, and, uh, you know, we will see how how things shake out. But again, you know, it's not that critical. Like, it's just people are, like, just going nuts over it and, like, I get quarterbacks a big topic, but like, man, like just take a step back and just think about sort of, you know, what do you think is best for the team? Like, do you really believe that Baker Mayfield can win the Super Bowl? If you do, great. Like, whatever, man. You know, like whatever, that's fine. Like, if if you think, you know, if you think you can win a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield, that's your opinion, right? I'm not here to change your opinion. My opinion is that he can't. So I just, you know, um, that's where I'm at right now. That's that is that is where I'm at. Let's talk about Devin White, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 2019 first round pick, fifth overall pick in that 2019 NFL draft. Is linebacker Devin White, who has won a Super Bowl championship with the Buccaneers, he has been a team captain. One, one more thing. Okay. Sorry. All right. One more thing. It's from, from Aaron Flannery here in the chat. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Chat's been going nuts. We had over 100 people here at uh, one point. Now we have 85. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, he's saying nobody's saying uh, he's the future, though, and that's how you sound. One more prove it year to get out of cap hell would help. This coming year, they are pretty much out of cap hell. Um, and, yeah, you okay, nobody's saying he's the future. I don't think people realize – he may not he, he may not accept a one year proven deal. What does a one year proven deal look like to you? Like to, to me, he's gonna want at least at least what the, the spot rack market value is for him. That's two years and sixteen point five million dollars a year, at least. And that's it if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't hit the market. So to me, like, yeah, you say, oh, one year prove it deal. He's not going to accept a one-year, four million dollar deal again. Like that's not happening. So like that, I, I'm taking that into account as well. The money, the raise that he's about to get, right? Is it all worth it? That's what I'm taking into account as, as well. Yeah, we've talked a lot about the future of Baker in Tampa Bay, but an element that not a lot of people have mentioned, and that's just because we don't cover other teams, but. There's going to be very real interest from other quarterback needy teams in the NFL who are going to be looking at Baker Mayfield, and they're going to be ready to, like Evan said earlier in the show, there's going to be a team out there ready to give him $20, $25 million a year. There just is. It, that's how it is in the NFL. You need a quarterback to win. Yeah. And, and then, and then uh, Aaron says, if, if we don't win a playoff game, he's not getting a raise. Yes, he is. He's already hit Gino, his incentives. Gino, Gino Smith didn't win a playoff game. He got a raise. He got a sizable raise. He is getting more than even with, yeah, if he reaches every incentive this year, his contract to one year, $8 million, basically. He's getting more than $8 million next year. Yeah, he, he's already at $1.6 million for incentives uh, so far this season. So a little bit left to go, but we'll see what he can and do. Then, and then and then uh, realtor David uh, Zussman Zeusman, sorry if I butchered that. Says we need to go for three years for thirty-six million. It's going to take more than that. I just, I, I think it's going to take more than that. All right, you ready to talk about Devin White? I guess <laughs> I really don't want to, but I don't want to waste my energy on this guy. But I know it, it's not going to be nearly as long of a discussion. I promise, because I think this one's a little more open and shut, considering we know the fate of Devin White and his future as a part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. So, long story short. 
Devin White got benched after practicing all week. And then I guess after finding out that he was going to be benched, he then decided to say he couldn't play anyways. I'm not 100% caught up on the story. It's been a lot of hearsay. It's been a lot of assuming. But regardless, we know that Devin White has not done a great job of painting himself uh, in a great light so far. Yeah. No, it's in a con when you're about to be a free agent in a few months. Um, you've been a team captain. You are fifth overall pick. And I understand. Look, I'm never going to get angry at a player for wanting to get paid. Right. I'm never going to do that. Right. If you think you're worth that, cool. But don't pout and request a trade when you don't get your way. Because clearly no other team in the NFL values that you that much either. Or else when you requested a trade, they would have been calling up the Bucks and offering a second-round pick for your services. Right? So, to me, the thing with Devin White is what it's always been. He's inconsistent on the field. And now it's starting to become like a thing where he's sort of alienating his teammates. Yeah. Like, I believe, like, he is not popular in that locker room. Like, yeah, Pew Report it, said it, Rick Stroud said it. I don't believe he is well-legged in that locker room anymore. And part of the reason is uh, his play and the way his attitude has gone about things. Correct. And, and, and I had said the opposite, like, a week ago. Well, I had said the opposite when, you know, the descent for Devin White had started, and the conversation was... Will the Bucks be better off without Devin White coming back at all this season? That was back when he was still injured, missing games, and we didn't know what his status was going to be. But I had said that, you know, this guy was a former captain. There's got to be a lot of respect there uh, among his teammates and the other guys in that locker room. But as more details have come out, it apparently seems to be quite the contrary. And we had hoped at the beginning of this season that this wasn't going to be something that became a distraction. And for the rest of the team, it doesn't seem like it has because the Bucks are trending upwards but it just does not seem great. Now, we do have a bit of an article here from Pro Football Talk. It says, things are currently going well for the Buccaneers. They are not going as well for Bucks linebacker Devin White. White was officially questionable for Sunday's game at Green Bay. He did not play. After Friday's designation was applied, he had not been downgraded to out. With the explanation he provided on Monday, Coach Todd Bowles might have walked right into an injury reporting issue. Quote, Devin told me Friday he couldn't play or Saturday or Friday he couldn't play, Bowles said on Monday via Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. So KJ Britt ended up starting. Amid reports that White's absence wasn't related to injury but to the fact that he wasn't going to be starting, Bowles was pressed on the decision not to downgrade White to out. Quote, it didn't have to be communicated because there was nothing to communicate, Bowles said. He practiced on Friday, he practiced on Thursday, and he said he couldn't go Saturday morning. That's the end of it, end quote. It's actually just the beginning of it. Once the team knows a player won't play due to injury, it has an obligation to promptly inform the league and the other team about that development. It's just the latest example of teams playing fast and loose, blah, 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 blah. This is more so about the injury designation thing and Mike Florio Mm -hmm. just continuing to complain about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the fact of the matter is... Uh, Devin White got benched for KJ Britt and he seemingly threw a hissy fit about it. And now he is not only not going to be a member of the team next year, which is something we probably could have told you two or three weeks ago, but I mean, this is just a relationship that is getting worse by the week. I don't know if you saw that video of uh, Joel Glazer greeting the team as they entered the locker room after that win against Green Bay. And I don't know if I saw this a hundred percent, 
but I'm 99% sure that the only player I saw not shake the owner's hand was uh, Devin White. Mm. I, I I didn't I didn't closely watch it, so I can't you know confirm or deny it. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it just a, a really quick question uh, about uh, NBA's also Devin White's in the contract here now uh, as well. R- Realtor Dave um, asked if the Bucks can re-sign Baker Mayfield to a contract right now. Yeah, the Bucks can re-sign any of their pending free agents to contracts right now. So um, if they agree, do it. But at this point, with three weeks left in the season, uh, any of their pending free agents, they're going to go at least into the re-signing phase, basically, of the offseason, where their agent can say they're not tampering with teams. But, you know, once really late February, early March rolls around, you get you talk to teams. Um, so I, I think that they'd be, wouldn't really be doing their client a service if they weren't doing that at this point. So um, yeah, but Devin White's going to hit the market. Baker Mayfield might be back if he hits the market, but Devin White's going to hit the market and he won't be back. So um, again, just a, a show a, um, just shows you such a huge fall from grace and such a short amount of time, I think for Devin White, really. Uh, I, this is just my personal feelings. This isn't, you know, anything. But back in 2019, I wasn't like in the Devin White camp. Like I wasn't a a huge fan of his and picking him fifth overall. I understood it, but like I would have gone in a different direction there. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he was pretty productive as a rookie, but you know, he made some rookie mistakes here and there. 2020, he was okay, but then obviously for four games in 2020, you know, he was just fantastic. And there's a real chance that they don't have a Super Bowl without Devin White because he was that good for that four game stretch back in 2020 and 2021. He made some plays as well. 2022 is where it started to fall off a little bit. The inconsistency started to appear. He was getting closer and closer to that contract, right? That he that he wanted, and then obviously in the off season, uh, I guess maybe his agent opened up discussions. Maybe he gave the Bucks a number. The Bucks gave him a number back, and the number was so far off that Devil White basically uh, said, "Like, yo, I want out." Not the best way to handle things. Now, he did try and, and make things right. You know, he showed up. He didn't, uh, you know, he didn't hold out in the season at all. He did not miss a game or anything like that. Um, But he is basically now taking his ball and going home. You know, he, he is he is taking his, his ball and, 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 and going home. Uh, So. Uh, Eddie Nash says, don't say you would have gone a different direction. Who tell us that you would have picked? Well, I, I initially during that, before that draft, I was really a big fan of, huh? Big trenches guy. Yeah. I was a fan of, uh, I mean, Josh Allen, but like Ed Oliver, uh, Ed Oliver was, was the guy that I wanted just because Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't think Josh Allen would have been available, uh, for the Buccaneers at fifth overall. I thought he was going to go in the first four picks there. So I was like, ah, he probably wouldn't have been available on draft night when Josh Allen was available. If I were the Bucks, I would have called an audible and I would have drafted Josh Allen, but assuming Josh Allen was off the board, I was all on board with, uh, Ed Oliver. And I was actually hoping that the Raiders were going to make the decision easier for the Bucks, yeah. and I was hoping that the Raiders would not pick Clellan Farrell, that they would pick Devin White instead, but alas, they did not. Yeah, I remember you were a big fan of Ed Oliver, and dude, look how dominant he's been. He's Buffalo. good. Him, 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 and Josh Allen, like they're both better than Devin White. So, yikes. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this: it is incredibly disappointing to see this Devin White saga play out the way that it has. I mean, I'll be honest; we've kind of had an inkling that he's more of a selfish player. 
for a little while. I mean, it's it's not like he's been this shining example of everything you want a franchise guy to be. He's a young guy with a big mouth, and we have seen it, uh, especially whenever he's you know Mr. Twitter Fingers and loves to jump on social media and say this and that, just like he did today. Had another cryptic Instagram post up for people to uh, you know to 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 take a look at, but he quit on his team. And that's unfortunate because I expected that from a lot of Bucks players who were in and out of the building 10 years ago when we were averaging three wins a season. You know, the Bucks had a lot of character issues all over their roster for many, many, many years. Devin White's a guy who's won a championship with this team. Like, guys like Levante David played on this team for 10 years before they even sniffed the postseason. And all, yeah, all they did was lose. Like, it, right. You know, Ger- Gerald McCoy. All Gerald McCoy did was lose, and you never heard any bad things about him. Yeah, I think it's just unfortunate because there was a time where Devin White was a a mainstay of this Buccaneers defense. We talked about him being a core linebacker. I mean, we even talked about the future of, of this Bucs defense without Levante David and Devin White filling that role. Like, I'm not going to say he was a wasted pick because he wasn't. He, he was not. He's no, been a no, good no, no, he, no, he wasn't. No, yeah, he wasn't. wasn't a wasted pick. No one's going to say he's he was not, a he's bust. Not a, a, no. He's not a bust. He's not a bust. No, it's just incredibly disappointing and incredibly disheartening to see it go down like this because you know at the end of the day like I I I guess I had expected more from him uh I mean it's fair to expect more from the fifth overall pick yeah this guy was a team captain this guy's a Super Bowl champion and uh it, it there were times where he needed to be the leader for this defense and and you know 2019 even 2020 both of those seasons you had nothing but good things to say about him I mean obviously the inconsistencies blah 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 but he was trending up, you know. He he was he, he was he was trending up. He had a great rookie season in 2019, Super Bowl title 2020, all that hype going into the next season and then ever since then it's just been getting worse every single year. But the Bucks are ready to move on, Devin White ready to move on. So this is one of those things. It happens every now and again in the NFL, but ultimately going to be best for both sides here to just go ahead and wash their hands with it. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up, but I think he is a guy who who is talented enough to go somewhere and play well, you know, play back up to the standard that we knew he could. He's still going to have those inconsistencies, but I don't know. At this point, it, it is what it is. It's just to see it go down like this is is incredibly disappointing, especially with the Buccaneers still playing for the postseason. Like if they had nothing to play for and he quit on the team, then so be it, because I bet he wouldn't be the only one. But this is probably the most motivated this locker room has been all season, and he just seemingly is so dejected from the rest of it, and that's that's incredibly disappointing. But between that and the Baker Mayfield conversation, I really think we covered all of our bases here tonight, my friend. I think so. And um, always fun talking about these two guys, huh? Baker Mayfield, Devin White. I think uh, <laughs> it's funny that, you know, we're sitting here December 19th, less than a week away from from Christmas and uh we're still talking about the same two dudes we were talking about in August so just how that goes yeah no kidding it's gonna be a lot of fun seeing how the rest of this season shakes out I'll tell you this man I the middle of the season sucked it was miserable I'm not even gonna lie like I I came on here and said some things about the Bucks that were not kind and and they were deserving like I'm not gonna sit here and, and take it back because uh, the Bucks were not a good team for a majority of the year, and I still think they're a little fluky, but they have a lot to prove to me and the rest of the fan base is they still are making their way towards the postseason, whether it be with a third straight division title or a wild card spot. Still some work left to do. 
but it has been fun. I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, these last three weeks, a win streak is going to be uh, winning cures all is what I'm saying. Uh, and if the Bucks can continue to win here down the stretch, it could be still a fun season. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't know what to expect. The Bucks have diverted my expectations all season long that like, I don't know what to expect. I have no idea what we're going to see on the field next week against Jacksonville with or without Trevor Lawrence, depending on how they play is going to confirm a lot of the suspicions that we still have about this Bucks team. But with all of that being said, that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you to everybody in the live chat. Chris H., Eddie Nash, JB, Isaiah, Realtor, Dave, Sananto, Gatto. There was one guy in here for a very, very, very long time who kept calling me a clown. I wish I could remember his name, but I don't see him in the live chat anywhere. That is unfortunate. Maybe someone muted him. Oh, nope. Sal319, even you, buddy. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Subscribe for more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content if you haven't already. We will talk to you later this week on Friday for our Week 16 game preview. We will take a look ahead at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. So an AFC contest, a game that if they lose, it's not the end of the world, but you definitely want to play well because it is one of the more stout defenses you are going to face. And also, uh, just a you know a, a programming note. Um, it's Christmas Eve, so and the next day is Christmas Day, so you might not hear from us uh, uh, for a little bit talking about the game. Uh, just don't blame us; blame the NFL, okay? Or, or I guess blame the calendar, I guess, because like the NFL, you know, Christmas Eve fell on a Sunday, so uh, so I'm not sure when you're going to hear from us talking about that game. But previewing that game will definitely be Friday, so. It's a one o'clock game or it's a four o'clock game. Four twenty-five, I believe. That's the worst. That's the yeah. worst. I hate that so much. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what our Christmas Eve is going to look like. To be honest with you, because I, I like I, I knew that game was on Christmas Eve, but I kind of forgot. I got some family from out of town that are coming in. They want to see me. I got some other family who wants to see me. I'm a very popular guy around the holidays, Evan. Of course. So I don't know. Hopefully Sunday after the game, we will talk to you guys. But if not, we will keep you updated. Uh, follow us on social media if you want to be updated on what's going to be happening on Sunday. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. You can also see him visually here on the Cannon Fire Podcast YouTube channel. If you guys have not noticed, a couple of new videos have started popping up throughout the week, and uh, your boy Evan is the star of all of them. So what have you got on the slate for this week between Bucks Nation and obviously the YouTube channel? Yeah, so uh, for Bucks Nation, going to be doing the, the Q&A with the Jaguars SB Nation site, of course. And then also for this channel, which is exclusively for YouTube. Uh, so if you're listening on audio, like I said earlier, thank you for listening on audio. But if you'd like more content, head over to the YouTube channel and check it out. Going to be talking about Devin White. Uh, it's not going to be a super, super long video because we talked about it a little bit here. But just given my overall thoughts and opinions on the whole Devin White situation and, and what may be next for him as well. So uh, be, to, be sure to be on the lookout for that. Last but not least, you can find myself Instagram and Twitter slash X at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will 
follow you back. But that's the show. Thank you guys again for hanging out with us. We will talk to you on Friday for our weekly game preview, taking a look at week 16. I'm your host, Rip Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.